Hey everybody, welcome to the Thematic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And this is season three. We're so glad that you're with us. This is going to be good. We have a question today to jump right in from the website. And this is from a friend named Erin. And she asks this, I would love to hear you guys discuss basic ideas for knowing and understanding the context when reading the Bible or sharing scripture with others to make sure it aligns with God's word and intent accurately. Mm. So I guess that's more of a statement, really. Yeah. But the question, I guess, would be, what are tools on how to know God's word and um, quote it in context? Yeah. Or know what it's saying. Or know what it's saying in, in context. context. Yeah. yeah. How do I know what it's really saying? Um. Yeah. And it, it is a great, really, really great question, Aaron. I remember when the moment I realized in my teens that not everything in the Bible was for me. Like, like directed at me as a modern day believer in the, in the year 1998, you know? Um, and all of us quote, how old were you in 1918? I was born in 1980. Wow. So you were, I go with the years. What did you do at, uh, New Year's Eve, 1999, bud? <laughs> Y2K? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I remember where I was. I was hiding under, I totally bought into all of it. I'm like, the world's going to collapse. Y2K. Total nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Just knew enough about computers to be scared of them. So anyway, but I remember the moment when I realized I'm like, it was a teaching. I think it was from Chuck Missler. I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were saying that the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs are not promises. So you get that proverb, like train up a child in the way that he should go. And when they're old, they won't, that's not a promise. And the way he described it as a teacher, he was like, what it means is all things being equal, if you do this, the odds are, the wisdom says that this will likely be the outcome, but hmm. there are exceptions. So you can have a lot of disappointment when you treat Proverbs like promises. And I'm like, wait, what? I never even thought about that. And so he was making a distinction between a promise of God. And then he went on further and he was like, not every promise is for you. Some promises are for the Jewish people, some right. for the church. And and it really opened my eyes up. And then of course I reread stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's right. So So there's a so he was making a distinction between promises and principles. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Now there are promises. For sure. But even the ones that there are might not necessarily be for you. Yeah, correct. So yeah. if we could, So how do you know is a good question. So to make that distinction, not everything in the Bible is a promise. Not everything in the Bible is to be completely taken literal. There are literary devices in the Bible. So you kind of have to turn your brain on too, not just your heart, but turn your brain on when you read your Bible. Yeah. Think about it. Things Think like about that. the genre of literature. Yeah. Like uh, Song of Solomon is is not a book of promises. It's a book of prose. It's like, it's literary. It's poems and, yeah. so, and, and There's psalms. There's prophetic writing. There's mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. psalms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my world, we talk about the book of Acts often and mm. whether... Is it a what, historicity? Yeah. Is yeah. it just simply describing what took place or is it prescriptive? Yes. Is it descriptive or prescriptive in the, you know, Acts chapter two? This is what the church looked like or is it, this is what the church looked like and this is what the church must look like, you know? And so yeah, that's, I, I that's tend, all part I have of context. a viewpoint. Yeah. So, so we land at different places on that and um, who can say? <laughs> You know, I don't know if there's a definitive answer on whether or not the book of Acts is descriptive or prescriptive. I have a feeling that's a little bit of both, mm -hmm. but what's the weighted average, right? right. Okay. Uh, and so, so, so let's say this. So we're going to agree and we're going to set the table and the table stakes are 
there are different literary devices in the Bible. And so when you quote it or when you use it or when you read it and apply it, you should try to understand the context. And that's why it's important. Otherwise, you might end up with some frustration or a broken heart or a misunderstanding if you're like, I thought if I did this, I would get this. Right. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to make those distinctions. So Aaron, great question. Very astute. Obviously spent some time in her word. Yeah. So, so how do we help them? What do we do? And she would love to hear us discuss what devices we use, tools, tricks, anything we've got to know the context. Okay. So, so yeah, let's We'll, we'll jump into some tools, but let, let me just recap. And is there anything else that we need to add? Uh, Number one, we have to realize that the Bible is written at many different times in different contexts and the literature itself is different. Mm -hmm. So once you know that, that there's like the Torah, the first five books of the Bible Mm -hmm. is both history and uh, commandment Mm -hmm. for a time. Yeah, for a time. Um, And then the writings... uh, are a different genre. The prophets are a different genre. Major and minor. The gospels are a different genre. And the epistles. The epistles or letters are a different genre. So you have to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're recognizing that even within those, there's going to be um, some promises, some history, some principles, yeah, some prescription. Um, so you recognize you recognize that there's a distinction. Yeah. So then, then you have to start learning, okay, well, when am I reading what? What am I supposed to draw out of Job or whatever? So yeah. um, for me, I would say, so you understand all those things. And then, so how do you learn it? Well, you just got to read the Bible. Yeah. And like all of it. <laughs> yeah. And there's I really, wish there was a shortcut. There's no <laughs> quick tool for that one. Yeah. So we have the internet now, which is kind of nice, but then you really need a trusted source because there's a lot of like hooey on the internet. So one of my most favorite things to point to, this has been asked by other people in my life and um, I've asked it at times, but like, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm me, but to prosper you. Where is it found? I was going to bring up <laughs> the you really? Yeah, okay. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. Yep. Because I was going to say so many people quote that verse as if it's a promise, promise to them, but it's a, it's a, it is a promise, right? To Jeremiah. To, well, <laughs> in Israel. And he, he, yeah, he, God is speaking through Jeremiah to the people uh-huh. who were in captivity. Correct. And he, it was, he was speaking specifically to them. Into their circumstance. Into the their words circumstance. that they needed to hear at the time. Yeah. Because they were probably really doubting what the God Absolutely. of Israel had for them, right? They weren't living in the promised yeah. land. I mean, yeah. so so this is a beautiful promise to them. But I like how you put it because first I was like, for, first I was like, oh yeah, I quote that verse like everybody else. And then I was like, that's not for us. What are we doing? And I completely revolted. <laughs> and then when I heard you teach on this, I was like, oh, okay, that's not a promise to me, but there is a principle based yeah. on the character of God, of God. in there yeah. that is applicable to all people, which is what what does God want for us, you mm-hmm. know? And does he have our best in mind? And does yeah. he, so yeah. there is a principle there, right? That There's is universally applicable. Correct. You would agree with that? I do, yeah. Okay. And it's sort of like if you know, if someone is talking bad about someone else to you, you go, oh, I bet they talk about a lot of people, right? You learn something about the person, even though the information is not about you or necessarily for Mm -hmm. you, you learn about the person delivering it. Same thing here. It's like, 
if you were to just blindly take this promise and apply it to yourself, maybe it's not for that season for you and you're about to go through some challenging times and that might create some tension in your heart. But what you can know about the Father is that for his people, he does know the plans that he has for all of us. And I think in general, it's pretty safe to say that God's plans are to prosper us. That doesn't mean all times will always only be prospering, but we can be confident that he's the kind and quality of, right? Yeah. So, okay, let, let's dive deeper into this specific type of subject. Mm -hmm. So if you're, a, 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 let's just say a person that hasn't read the whole Bible or hasn't read a bunch of the Bible, mm -hmm. and you just see a verse that says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, prosper you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's one verse. Maybe you don't even know the reference. Oh, it's in some book called Jeremiah. And then you hear another verse that says, um, God turns all things for good for those who love <laughs> him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. You don't even really know the reference for that, but you find out that it's in a book called Romans chapter eight. Okay. Those are both just statements. Do you think that Romans eight twenty eight is applicable is a promise to all believers right now? Uh, do I personally? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So if you didn't know. Because I know it's in an epistle written to the New Testament church of which I'm a part. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's why you know you can believe it because you know the context. Yeah, correct. And the context of that book is clearly written to anybody that's in Christ, anybody that loves God. I mean, that's what it says. That's what it says. But the Jeremiah one was written to the Hebrew people yeah. in captivity. Sure sounds like the same guy though, because we see that thread of his quality right. through right. both. Yeah, but yeah, So you So you would say, okay, the principle's clearly the same in both, but the Jeremiah one, that's actually a promise to a specific yeah. people group at a specific time, but the Romans one, that really is for all of us. Correct, yeah. Okay. And the reason I use the Jeremiah one is because we also flippantly quote it, yeah. because it slips in there because it is so much like who he is and it yeah. is similar to the promises he's made to us. Yeah. So we, we sort of like capture it and use it for our own good. But um, if we do that, there are certain places where we shouldn't do that when it comes to like eschatology and the study of the end times. And like we really, and there are certain things that God has planned for his people who are the Jews that might be different than the church. And there's debate about that. What, what is great why why I I really agree with you that there is no replacement for the breadth of just reading the whole book is because the themes yep. will stick out like a sore thumb when you read the whole thing. Yeah. And um I've always been taught that like the word of God, if you rip out multiple segments or pages, you'd still get the same message because it appears from forty different authors in over sixty books, the same heart of the man right. that we serve, right? right? The God man, right? Jesus. There's nothing else like it. There's scripture. nothing else like it. Yeah. Written over 1500 years by 40 authors from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. Insane. Yeah. It's amazing. So the answer in my mind, Aaron, or like the, the, the agreed upon concept is there's no replacement for just reading it all. Can I add one thing before we move on? Oh, Don't totally. forget your train of thought. Yeah. Um, somebody said it like this. He said, the church today or Christians today, most of them, if they're going to read the word at all, it, they're like, they read a verse at a time or a paragraph or a chapter. And it's like looking at a leaf, but very rarely do we step back and take a look at the whole tree. That's good. Yeah. Um, which would be more reading a full book at a time or reading, you know, multiple or, you know, if it's old Testament, like read a full book, like it'll take you a few hours to read through Genesis in one sitting, but when you, but you get something different when you do that 
I remember when I was in college, it was like, hey, read Genesis by next class. And it's like, it's going to take me forever. <laughs> but you yeah. get something different when you hear the whole thing, yeah. the context of even a whole book. And then you, you're reading all the prophets together or whatever it might be. You get, you understand it differently when you understand the themes of the scriptures. So I yeah. agree with you about the themes. When I, when I, my really most successful small group with these amazing young men, like we memorized the book of James and it didn't take that long, you know, but we would do that. We would only read a book in its entirety because Paul wrote it for, for example, Paul would have written that entire letter to be intended to be read and they would read it Not aloud. James, but <laughs> well, James. one of his letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure, for sure. sure right. Sure. So we, you want to consume the content the way that it was intended to be consumed. Otherwise you can have, it's rife for misunderstandings, right. Yeah. Or mis, mis application. So reading, I agree. I would recommend reading whole books. And if you don't have a lot of time, start with Galatians, start with like, you know, uh, the first, second, third John. I mean, those are great books, you know, just to go through them and you'll get the authors, you know, uh, um, stuff. So like the book of Hebrews, here's yeah. a good, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't understand Hebraic thought and the old Testament, it's the way be hard they to think understand. is so different than the way we think as Americans, which is based in like Greek philosophy right. and stuff like it's a wonderful book that we don't know if it was penned by Paul or not. There's a lot of debate. Um, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Okay. So I land on that. I used to think it was, but now I lean away from it. Yeah, I don't think it was. 100% not. Okay. I would love to hear your thoughts at another time. I'll tell you exactly why. <laughs> okay, do it. John Piper blew my mind. You want me to tell you now? I don't know. Is this the right place for it? We have we have, t uh, we have eight minutes. Sure. Yeah, I'll tell do you. It. I'll tell you quickly because John Piper, he's amazing. He is even though he's a Calvinist. <laughs> Still love but, He'll be done with it. But what he showed me, I was like, oh my goodness, you're absolutely right. Did you know that there is one thing that appears at the beginning and the end of every single one of Paul's letters? It's a marking, right? It's a set. It's a statement. Two statements at the beginning. I and didn't the, know. Yeah, because we all know, oh yeah, Paul oftentimes will say, Paul, a servant, of, a servant. or a slave of Christ. Yeah. A lot of people know that. Like he say, he's, yeah. He'll say that often. I never knew this until just this last year. Somewhere in the opening preface of every single one of Paul's letters, he says, oftentimes it's in combination with something else, but he always says, grace to you. Okay? Okay. Like in Philippians, it says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Every single one. Go and look it up because I'm like, Piper, you're smart, but I got to I gotta make I gotta sure verify. <laughs> Every single one says some form of grace that's cool. to you at the beginning. Well, that's and Paul's you know what heart. it says at the end? What? May grace be with you Ooh. at the end of every single one. It says some form of grace be with you. My mind was, we, I mean, I'm telling you, go and look. We, every will. single one, it's there. And, and it's beautiful because it's like, I think in a sense what he's saying is, as I'm writing this to you, grace is coming to you. Come on. And then you've just read it all, and it's your now, choice now whether to now keep it, we'll it and keep with it with you. you. Now, it's for that reason that I definitely, I already didn't believe Hebrews was from him. Yeah. But I for sure don't anymore because there's nothing in Hebrews about that at the beginning or the end. Okay. So I anyway. I love that. Ne that's a first for me. Isn't that phenomenal? I love John it. Piper, yeah. you're a rock star. Yeah, he really is. He knows his stuff. He really does. Um. Wow, that's okay. Phenomenal. So yeah, okay, let's, great. Let's move back. So so that but that's a great example, honestly, for this is like when you're reading a letter from Paul. Now we know there's some identifiers that are, you know are his letters, and he has a ministry on his life, which was, you know, he was the apostle that hadn't been with Jesus, but was 
awoken and the gospel was installed and his name was changed, he used to murder Christians. Right. If you know his story, you understand why. And in his first letter, he's like Paul, a disciple of Jesus. In his last letter, he's like the chief of sinners is how he like, you know, yeah. as he matures, he understands his station, you yeah. know, and you just see the beauty of this, this uh, servant of the most high God maturing even in his own ministry as you read through his letters. Yeah. But if you know it's from him, you'll get some of that flavor. So that's really good. So, but I bring up Hebrews because it's not necessarily written to us, but there's good stuff for us in it. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. There's definitely principles in there for yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. All believers. Yeah. So we do need to uh, yeah, we need end to wrap this episode up. soon, mm -hmm. but a few more quick tools for people specifically. I'm, I, okay, so we both agreed already. Number one, like understand that there's different contexts. Number two, just read the Bible. Yeah. Read all of the no Bible. Read chunks of the Bible. Not unfortunately, but you know what I mean. There's no, there's yeah. no shortcut to it. Yeah. But I, I do recognize that especially until you've read the whole thing, it's just hard in the moment to get started. So if you're if you're in Leviticus or whatever and you don't have the context of reading the scripture before, is there any tools that you can use to help you understand Okay, I'm going to read all of Leviticus, but close like, Leviticus what am I and go to Romans. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just so you even know, like, what am I reading at all? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like I'll say for me, uh, this is a really simple one that's that's accessible to everybody. Uh, uh, apart from like the, you know, paid commentaries and programs and all that, like the Bible Project on YouTube. Amazing. Is just good. Yeah. And like, it's I a have, great free resource. Yeah. I have a degree in theology, but I don't remember every detail in the history of every book. They do an amazing job of, they've done videos on all 66 books and the context mm -hmm. and the general flow of every book. Yeah. So I like start there all the time. Yeah. And then they have all kinds of other videos diving deeper in. So, yeah. We're really job, lucky Bible to project. live in a time where we have tools like that. I mean, really. I would a hundred percent agree. Um, I I recommend that to kids like Juliet's age and stuff. When they'll ask me, we'll yeah. send them there. Um, if you want a little deeper dive tool, um, I like Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, um, Blue Letter has a lot of good stuff with the original languages. Exactly. Yeah, and they they give a good primer for each book. If you go to the first chapter of each book, there's like a a good description. Okay. Um, so I would do that. And a lot of your Bibles will actually have a preface um, on on some if you have like the study Bibles. So that's also a place where you can get some of that context. Um, but yeah, the other thing is if you're just reading, listen to who it know what group you're in. Maybe that's what I'll say. If you are a non-Jewish Christian believer in modern times, you are you can part of the church if the Bible says the church, that's you. If the Bible says believers, that's you. My right. children, that is you. But that also includes Jewish people, right? But those right. are your th those are your peoples. Yep. So anyone addressed to those people, that's for you. So yeah. knowing your group is good too. Good. I'll add another. Know the like the general history. Mm -hmm. I find this to be such a massive roadblock because people have no clue, especially if you grew up in church kind of know like that yeah there's a guy named Moses and there's a guy named Noah and there's a guy named Abraham and there's a guy named Mephibosheth. King David and 
but like a lot of people don't understand how the story of God unfolds. So yeah. find something online. I, I wish I had a resource. Maybe we can link one. If yeah, we we'll find link one. one. We'll find There's one. There's got to be like something simple to understand that like if, if I, I have put a like poster this, in my car that shows the timeline of everyone literally in my car. Yeah. Like, let me see if I can do a quick timeline of the whole Old Testament in 30 seconds. Okay. So like God creates everything. And then after a little while, there's Noah. And then, and then from there, you know, a little while. And then there's Abraham. And that's the first moment of like real relational connection with God and Abraham at Isaac and then Jacob and Jacob's name was changed to Israel and then he had 12 sons and those become the 12 tribes and then they go into slavery and then they come out and then they start this kingdom and then yep. David's a king and then basically what happens is after David or Saul and Solomon, then David and then David, Solomon yeah. and after Solomon the kingdom splits there's actually two kingdoms Judah and Israel the northern kingdom's name is Israel that's 10 tribes and the southern kingdom's name name is Judah mm-hmm. and that's actually where we get the term Jews they're Jews it's because they're from the tribe of Judah right. and really the northern kingdom all 10 tribes are pretty much gone yeah. Because of the exile in 722. And then there's another conquering 586 BC. And that's when pretty much all of the prophets take place. So when you're reading a prophet, if you understood that, you know, like this is the time when it's happening. Yeah. And then basically there's God's instilling this voice in these prophets to speak to his people and bring him yeah. you know, out of this. And exile, so this yeah. is the timeline of history. And then the last prophet spoke 400 years before Jesus shows up. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus, and then the New Testament, and then the church starts. And then here we are. So if you kind of that under- was really good. You kind of understand that history. <laughs> And then when you're reading, you know where something fits. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we we do need to call it a day, but um, yeah, I don't, I, maybe I don't know we if should, people are- If that are, tool doesn't exist, maybe we should work on that together. We should. That'd be a fun project. We should. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a history of history of Christianity. Or, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Let's work um, on that. Let's work on that. But, um, and then the last thing that I would say is- Scripture also interprets scripture. So if you're specifically Aaron concerned, which you should be, because especially in modern culture, there's people that try and make any verse say whatever they want it to say, that you have to take not just a verse by itself, for sure, and not just a verse in the context of just the words around it, which is important, but also compare it to everywhere else the theme shows up in scripture, because the totality of it together brings understanding to the to each specific thing. And so that's how you can, some tools of how yeah. you can know that when you're saying this verse means this, we, it's not we because- We know we should love one another because it's in 5,700 places. Exactly. Uh, should women wear head coverings in service? De- we have debate about it because it shows up once or twice. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So hope that helped Aaron and anybody else that was uh, interested in this subject. Yeah. And Great thank question, you for Aaron. joining thank us, you. everybody. Uh, please, if you would leave a review or a comment or uh, a, a rating wherever you're hearing this and share this with somebody, it helps get the word out. We appreciate yep. every single one of you. You can find us at the thematicpodcast.com. We'd love to hear a question from you or even a, a comment or anything you'd like to share with us. We're thankful to have you with us on this journey. Yeah. See you next week. See ya.